It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off The Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nico Hearn. Uh, yes, indeed, it certainly is. Good evening and welcome to Off The Tee on this Anzac Day, the 25th of April, where uh, across the whole day we pay our respects and honour those who have served and sacrificed and made the ultimate sacrifice uh, for our country and for the freedoms that we so enjoy today. And as much as we look to the overall day itself in doing that commemoration and, and making sure we honour those, sport plays its part. And we're a golf show on Off the Tee, and I thought we'd start off. Nick Ahern, hello to you, by just um, paying our respects to some of the professional golfers I was able to find out that had served uh, throughout history. Um, I was reading up today, um, Kel Nagel, the great Kel Nagel, served in World War II. Um, Arthur Lefevre, if I'm saying that right, with the 1921 Australian Open winner, he served in World War I. Jim Ferrier, the first Aussie to win a major, he actually was a sergeant in the U.S. Army in World War II, if wow. you can believe that. Dan Cullen was a WA golfer who, along with his six brothers, served in the RAAF in World War II. He was shot down but still completed his mission. It's an incredible story, Dan Cullen, and worth a read. He was a Flying Cross medal recipient. Norman von Nieder, who the Order of Merit medal is is uh, coined uh, in honour of, he served in World War II. Other names that I was able to find that had served, Les Chaplin uh, from our professional golfers of days gone by, Keith Clark, Al Howard, JJ O'Connor, Harry Sinclair, Colin DeGroot, uh, and Damian Jordan. So we pay tribute and pay our respects to them and, and their families today. But... Sport has become um, such a, well, it's just woven into the fabric of, of Anzac Day now. We've seen that the footy today at the MCG, the netball had its inaugural clash. NRL has two games and, and the Storm are playing the Warriors at the moment, which is a beautiful tie into the Anzac um, name itself with Australia playing New Zealand. And I thought, well, let's find out a little bit of our, our golfers. So that's what I was able to find out. Oh, well done, Sam. That's a great list that you provided. And good evening, by the way. It's great to be here tonight on the show and, uh, I do know, obviously, uh, several of those, those names. Norman von Nieder, what a what an amazing man he was. Dan Cullen, the West Australian, he's, his name is synonymous with us sand gropers, although I'm a Victorian now, so yes. I guess you could say. <laughs> well, I think he won a ton of the WA Opens, he, didn't he? He was a very, uh, very accomplished golfer over there, yeah. Yeah, um, and even um, Cal Nagel, I mean, had to, I of think, course, delay Cal. the start of his professional career to serve for about five years. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And then all that he was able to achieve, mm. you know, an open winner. Um, yeah, so we, we remember them uh, today. And if you've got any stories that you wanted to share along those lines from a golfing point of view and, and links to, to Anzac or, or golfers that you know serve, please feel free to do so and text in 0433981116 or you can call 1300 736 736. Uh, off the tee is all thanks to Pure Form Golf. Improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. As we turn our attention to the golf or, <laughs> well, an iteration of it that we have never, ever seen before, Nick Ahern, I am just going to play this because we've heard it a thousand times and we will hear it, I think, 20,000 times more. 
Looks yep. like Kepka's done that, and this is coming in nicely. Might be a little long. Oh, no, this is right next to the pin. Oh, this could go in. It's running, it's cracking. Oh, in one chase, Kepka. The beers are absolutely flying onto the course. He is pinned it. He is pinned it. This is unbelievable. You can see it down here. It is going absolutely nuts. Two steps at 12. The watering hole is frozen. Man, it was uh, it was pretty epic out there. Um, I mean, what a hole to do it on in front of just some unbelievable fans out there all week. I'm uh, I'm glad I gave them something to uh, to cheer for and uh, something to drink for. That's for sure. I mean, I never experienced anything like that. Uh, I mean, the roar it was so deafening. Literally shortly after, I just remember getting hit with uh, some beer cans and, and some <laughs> beer flying around. Uh, it was something I'll, uh, I'll never forget, that's for sure. The greatest moment at the greatest tournament that they've been able to put on so far. Far and away, their most successful outing, Nick Ahern. Live Golf, what a show it was. It is their biggest success to date. Their biggest crowd before that was 8,000. Each day of this sold out, 25,000 a day. They almost sold out of merch. Uh, I think something like maybe $700,000 on day one of merchandise alone. They did their food and beer allocation on day one, had to go and get more. The people of Adelaide showed up, they showed out, and Liv put on the ultimate show. The watering hole insane, DJ Fisher was all that and more. The players doing shoeys, they were dancing on day one. Up on stage, Cam Smith and Ian Poulter in the crowd, and the party vibe didn't stop all the way through. And then, of course, the golf, Taylor Gooch, 19 under a three-shot winner after leaving them in the rear view on days one and two, back-to-back 62s. He held off a fast-finishing finishing Erna, Erna Lahiri at 16-under, as well as a fast-finishing Patrick Reed, Cam Smith, and Cameron Tringali at 15-under. The Aces, Perez, Ulon, Johnson, Reed won another team event. One-shot win over the Range Goats, Gooch, Watson, Varna the third, and Peters and Stinger GC, the South African team in third, Burmester, Udhazen, Schwartzel, and Grace. Now, that's the summation of the event itself from someone who watched and listened I want to hear from you, <laughs> who was there in the thick of it, getting asked for selfies, doing. Oh, you were probably sculling beer. I don't know what you. It no, was. A, it seemed amazing. Was it? They kept bringing me beers in the bank. <laughs> Not that I drank them, but uh, it, it was something I've never experienced before at a golf tournament. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I was there on the weekend. I missed the Friday, unfortunately, but I, obviously doing uh, the radio there with SEN over the weekend, and it was just a party atmosphere from the get-go. I got there probably two and a half hours before the tea time. I wanted to have a good look around the golf course, and it Mm. was already almost packed at that point. People were streaming in from all areas. The biggest thing I noticed on the course as soon as I arrived was the music. I mean, it was pumping, and all over the course, too. They had speakers set up everywhere on every hole, basically. And, and and players had to pick their songs to play at certain holes, especially the watering hole. So the players had a, a soundtrack. Right, and okay. that and, that, and so every time you do the song change, that was because it was a player's ah, choice. I see. Oh, they, okay, well, that, that makes sense then. Yeah, <laughs> they, I think they did that at the Zurich tournament, the PGA Tour uh, this week as well, where they had the walk-up song. So mm. maybe, they, they, maybe they've copied them or, or vice versa. I have no idea. But it was... It was so unique, and and you're right, Adelaide did turn out. I mean, we kind of knew all along that this was going to be their biggest event. I mean, they'd, they'd promoted it so well, obviously Cam Smith and, and Leash and, 
You had Wayne Ormsby, who was an Adelaide guy, that he was there as an alternate. I think he did some separate streaming TV or or whatever, but I know he would have loved to have played as well. But the crowds were just incredible. Um, it was basically one massive party, and mm. then they threw a bit of golf in at the same time. <laughs> that was kind of the feeling I had from the Come whole Come for experience. the party, stay for the golf. Yeah, I mean, golf, but, but that, louder, that's their yeah. theme. And I walked in with, I guess, uh, an open mind as to what was going to happen because I sort of sit in the middle. I've said this all along. I understand why players are doing it, but I also like the traditional side of the game as well. So there definitely is a place for this somewhere uh, in in golf. Now, are they looking to, you know, uh, sit alongside the PGA Tour and compete against them? That's probably not going to happen, I, but it's mm. it has that exhibition-style feel to it. I'm sure the players will tell you that's not the case, but from someone who has played the game and looking from the side and being there, that's the vibe that I got from mm. the whole thing. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was just very eye-opening. And when the hole-in-one happened with uh, Chase Kepka, that was the that was the moment the live golf needed. It yeah. really was. Yeah. And, and it kind of deserved it in a way. And it just lit the whole place up. I mean, they'd been throwing beers on, onto that hole Yeah, already. I think it'll be plastic cups <laughs> as it was on day three. I think that'll continue. It uh, was a good forward. call to go plastic because day yeah. two, it was not plastic <laughs> cups. It was cans. Yeah, and... I saw a couple of caddies who were like... <laughs> <laughs> it was getting a bit dangerous there for a bit. There might have been a volunteer that, that got uh, hit in the noggin. But uh, on the third day, it was it was the plastic cups and it was raining beer. So, as I said, it's, it's what the tournament needed, deserved, and they're going to use that as their promotional mm. uh, content for a long time to come, I'm sure. I think what they've done is they've just looked at Phoenix and said, well, we want every event to be that for us. And what was your t- – I mean, when you were watching the players go around, and it was uh, – what you said, it was very similar to what Jerry Whiteley said. It, it, this, was, this was the moment, the tournament itself, and that was the moment – of the moment, yeah. it, it needed. They needed to have. They needed this to be a raging success, which I think we thought that had the potential to be in Australia, given Australia and, and how it views how it's been feels it's been treated as a golfing public by the PGA. So it was always going to be the chance to get a big win with crowds and 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 with who Greg is to Australia. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But that was a moment and a signature moment, as Jared said and as you said as well. Looking up close and personal. Now the players were, were were playing along, and they were you know w- you know working to the crowd. Do you do you feel that was genuine across the board that the players who have signed up for this and the players who have 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 said yet yeah, we will be part of this that they genuinely were loving what was going on? Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. they they've bought into the concept, obviously, and and if they don't like it, well, I'm sorry, it's it's too late now. <laughs> You've already signed the contract, so. But from a genuine perspective, I think most of them are, uh, have bought into what Greg's been preaching and saying to them. The mm. team concept, I think, is is definitely something that they, they all really enjoy. We actually got Greg Norman into into the booth for about 15 minutes at one point. Yep. And one of the most fascinating things he said throughout that conversation, we were just peppering him with a few questions, is he said, look, at the moment, the individual uh, – tournament purse is $20 million. The team purse is $5 million. He said, the feedback I'm getting from the players is they want to flip that. They want to reverse it so that the team competition goes to 20 million and the individual goes to 5 million because they feel that the team concept is, is, is really important. And that's what they really enjoy because I think a lot of the players obviously went to college and they played on Ryder Cups, President's Cups, things like that. And that team aspect is really resonating with a lot of the players 
how that will work as far as world ranking points and all that sort of thing, I don't really know. But the team aspect is really uh, how this product goes forward. That's the way they're going to succeed. I, I, I've always sort of said yep. that in the beginning. That's that's the part I quite like about it. The most fascinating event for me last year was the one in Miami, the team competition, yep. where they played the match play and, and then the final day, I yep. think it was aggregate stroke play, but it was team versus team rather than there was no individual. Yep. And Greg's said, admittedly, all along, the way this will work from a financials perspective is uh, the franchise model. And to do that, you need teams. You need to buy the teams like the IPL and Some of these like guys that. could buy their own team. <laughs> well, the numbers that Greg's talking, I'm not sure. All right. <laughs> all mean, right. They wanted to get it up to a lot of money. Yeah, for sure. Like, so, like in the IPL. And cricket. how realistic does he believe that that is? He's, he's full on. That's, that's the model he said that's going to succeed. Yep. That's how they're going to do it. Now, the other is a, is a, a bumper broadcast deal, which if you keep, if you keep putting on tournaments like that, it's only the second year of it, but yep. if you, they'll do another one in Australia because it's the guaranteed the crowd. If yep. you keep putting on tournaments like that, finding places in the world where people have been starved of the biggest names, you know, nine of the last 18 masters winners were there. Yeah. If you can find your audience, then you will get a deal. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that for sure. If, uh, you know, there are other backstories with where the money comes from, all that sort mm. of thing, which, you know, that's always been out there. But I think you're right. I think they're probably going to, the way it's looking, maybe get another one in Australia, maybe have two here, uh, whether that's in Queensland or New South Wales. Which would knows? be a swing. I mean, I think if you got two or three, it would be yeah. a swing, wouldn't it? I mean, they'd come out and, and do them all in a row. The biggest problem is what you said before. The largest crowd they had before was 8,000 people. They're going to Singapore this week. They're not... I, I hate to say it, but I don't think there's going to be very many people there. There'll be a okay. big letdown, I think. Now, I could right. be proven wrong. I don't know. The events they've had in the US, they go to places where the golf courses aren't that great, I don't think. Mm. And they need to pick better venues, bigger cities, things like that to, to really you know get the crowds going in that regard in the US. Now, I'm not sure how they're going to achieve that because... Uh, the PGA Tour obviously has a fairly big inf influence on the American market. Now, internationally, I think that there's certainly some potential there. The golf itself, because we're going to hear from Greg in the chat that you guys had, and it was a fantastic job that the, the broadcast team did. Miles heading it up, um, having Paddy whispering Pat oh, back doing great. golf. I mean, I had him on, I filled in and did mornings this morning and had him on. Um, you know, he's been covering golf, broadcasting for over 25 years, covering it for almost double that. Yeah. Um, so his voice is synonymous with golf and he loved his experience as well. And then, you know, we heard uh, Matty Rogers, the former dual international, who's a scratch golfer, Nick Del Santo, who's a single figure handicapper as well, who was doing very nice sort of hushed uh, tone stuff. <laughs> yeah, very sharp stuff from Del. You guys knocked it out of the park. Um, we're going to hear from Greg uh, on the other side of the break about what the future holds and, and, and how it all works. But the golf itself Taylor Gooch, back-to-back 62s, mm. and then they chased him down and made it a really thrilling finish at the end from the individual point of view. And then the aces, obviously, from the team point of view. The golf itself, how did you see it? Oh, it was it was uh, so impressive from Taylor. I mean, they're, they're, he shot 62-62 the first two days. Now, you get a 62 now and then, but to back it up, that's mm. almost unheard of. That yeah. very, very rarely happens. And after him, I mean, you had a lot of players, 11, 10, 9, 8 unders through two days. That's, that's some good golfing. Now, the course was set up for scoring. Great. 
the yeah, which is what they wanted. They want yeah. birdies out there. They want eagles. They don't want to see people grinding for pars or, no. or making doubles and things like that. No. Um, so the fairways were firm and fast. The course played very short. The greens were receptive. They were pure as well. And you, you add that up, you're going to get some low scores. Taylor Gooch made a tournament of it midway through the third round when he started to, you know, I hate to use the word, but he started to choke a little bit where he made a very sloppy yeah. bogey on seven. Had a double. He sculled one on eight, a wedge over the green, which you just don't do. Paddy Welsh was out there. He said, I can't believe he just did that. I've, that's mm. just so, you know, and he'd, and he'd gone 40 something holes bogey free. And then he double bogeys the 10th, a very easy par five mm. after paring the ninth, another easy par five. So you go, hang on, what's game on right here. Yep. And it became quite interesting towards the end. I think uh, Lahiri got within two shots of him. He did. And finished three back. But uh, that sort of added also a nice little element to the end of the tournament. If he'd have run away by seven, eight, nine, ten shots, it may have got a bit of a procession sort of feel to it. Cam lived up to his end of the bargain. He was right in the thick of it um, in the finish. He was four shots back in the end at, at 15 under. Um, unfortunately for the rest of Ripper GC, it wasn't a great tournament. Uh, Leash ended up having a decent day two and three. Unfortunately for Jed Morgan, um, he had a tough time of it. And um, Matt Jones uh, was, it was, you know, was okay, but they would have been disappointed that they weren't featuring. Yeah, for sure. A bit more prominently as a team. Yeah. I, I, I actually picked Mac Jones to maybe even take out the individual. I just had a feeling he, he comes back to Australia, plays well, has won a couple mm. of Aussie Opens, but he, he just didn't have his good stuff. Leash, I heard in the practice rounds, was flushing it, and then all of a sudden on day one it just disappeared. But yep. that's the nature of golf. Jed Morgan, yeah, he's putting a lot of pressure on himself to perform in these moments, and so it's just not quite happening for him. I, watching when I was and listening, but when I was watching on the, the seven coverage, and I, I thought they're – that was the best I've seen their TV coverage as well. It really stepped up and they did a brilliant job. And there was the Ripper GC team stream, which uh, had Wade Ormsby and Australian commentator who's been in the US for a Luke long time. Elvey. Luke Elvey. Luke mm-hmm. uh, Elvey. And that was really interesting too. I reckon you pointed out to me last week what he'd said about what he wanted to do. And, and I reckon it was visible that you could see that he was. Yep. He was you trying know, to step up and, and trying to, but but trying to look like he wasn't, you know, pumping the crowd up and all that stuff. But he did look like a man who was. Uh, a bit tense. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he's feeling the pressure at the moment because he replaced uh, Wade Ormsby in that Ripper team. Mm. So, and this is an Adelaide event where Wade was just dying to play, obviously. Yeah. So he's feeling the pressure a bit. He had a great start to his career winning the Australian PGA, but since then his golf unfortunately hasn't been uh, or hasn't lived up to expectations. And and he needs the reps. He needs to just keep playing. And the, the good thing about these events is there are no cuts, so uh, he can just play all three days uh, each, yep. each event. I think he made about $180,000 uh, for, for finishing down near where he did. And the winner, uh, just under $6 million Australian. Fourth was a, just under around $4 million Australian. So we can go through the prize money, but incredibly lucrative. An incredibly successful event. We're going to hear from the man that uh, is responsible for it all, Greg Norman, who sat with our commentary team on the other side of this on Off the Tee. And we do it all on Off the Tee for our very good friends at Pure Form Golf. And here they are, Pure Form Golf. Improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off the Tee. Sam Hargraves, Nick Ahern with you on SEN. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off The Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nick O'Hearn.
Epic is probably one word you could use, but uh, look, it's just what you wanted, right? It's just created the atmosphere. It's been phenomenal around here all day long. The energy's been incredible since the first tee shot back on Friday, and uh, I knew it was going to be like this down under. I, I knew the people would come out here and support this. They've been uh, starred for quality golf and starred for quality entertainment, quite honestly. And uh, you know, the whole uh, mindset of this uh, our platform lives platform is to bring the family out here and, and to see the number of young kids we've got out here is just absolutely phenomenal look i'm getting inundated with people wanting to uh jumping in my phone wanting to meet and you know look everybody's surprised how did south australia get it first why wasn't it somewhere else you know cams queenslander i'm a queenslander why wasn't it queensland first why wasn't it victoria so it's, it's all part of just doing a presentation and who wants to step up. And the Premier here has done a phenomenal job, right? He's embraced us. He, he stepped out on the limb himself, right? Because we, are, we were, in the minds of many, a disruptor, which we are not. We're just a new product that sits perfectly side by side any other golf product out there. <clears throat> but he stood beside us and he's pushed this through. And, and look at everybody from South Australia, you know, from Adelaide. They've, they've actually enjoyed it. So... God bless him. You know, Peter's been a phenomenal guy, and it's a, I'm going to go out there and catch up with him now and um, you know, just thank him for his involvement. The great wide shark, Greg Norman, who stopped in for a good 15 minutes on SEN's commentary with the SEN commentary team of the first ever live tournament in Australia. It was in Adelaide, and he spoke about that and why it was Adelaide, and, uh, and he, he addressed with you guys, Nick Ahern, um, about what the future of, of live is and, and how Australia might play its role in that. Um, I, I, when I was watching him walk up and down and, and, and he spent so much time with the fans and so much time with the people in the build up to all of the live beginnings, I think that there was a lot of people in Australia who maybe felt, gee, Greg, I don't know about, I don't know. It's not so much what you're doing, but some of the things you're saying and, Mm. Um, are you being a bit flippant on certain things? And, and so I, I feel like maybe uh, for a little while, his his place in the hearts of Australians may have dipped a little. Um, I certainly didn't get that impression when he was out there. And I think when I was watching him go around and I knew that you guys were chatting to him and, and I was thinking all of that he's done for Australian golf and how long he has rallied for Australian golf to have more. Um, and I think the place, the role that he has played in so many people's earliest memories of golf, especially my generation, I came to golf through my nan and through her, it was all about Greg Norman. She was obsessed with the shark so much so that she had two great loves, three great loves in her life. My sister and I, Leighton Hewitt and Greg Norman. And she always talked about Greg and, and I think her heart skipped a beat whenever you'd say Greg Norman's (laughs) name and she adored him and would talk about him all the time. And she had all the gear and everything like that. And so much so that when we, when she died, we buried her, um, because my mum and my uncle uh, died about a month apart. And so us kids, when we were little, we sort of filled that void for her. So we buried her with a photo of my sister and I and a photo of Leighton Hewitt and a photo of Greg Norman. Wow. You got the shark in there. She loves the shark. And, and so that's how I came to golf. And I just looked around at so many people. I think he is that for a lot of people in Australian golf. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, you know, growing up, I, I remember him coming over to, to, to WA yeah. to play the West Australian Open at Lake Karen up. And I just remember seeing the Akubra through all the yeah. through the gallery and watching him stride down the fairways. <laughs> Funnily enough, one of the 
uh, the interesting things when I first saw him. I thought, oh, he's not as tall as I thought he was. <laughs> so, um, but And then I got to play with him in the late 90s uh, quite a bit in the early 2000s. The first time I played with him was at his golf tournament, the Greg Norman Holden International mm. at the Australian Golf Club. Uh, in 1998, and I just remember going, "Oh my gosh, I'm playing with the shark!" And I yeah. absolutely crapped myself that day. But How'd he put on a, I did, I play hit the ball beautifully. Yeah, uh, but I shot 74. Unfortunately, uh, he ended up shooting 64 that day. Ooh. So you can imagine how nuts <laughs> the crowd were going. But I just yeah. I had the front row seat to just an absolute highlight reel that day, and it made me realize. I thought, okay, this is what greatness is all about. I gotta I gotta work my butt off to get here and. Uh, and it's been a fun ride since, but the way people were just attracted to him out on that mm. golf course, that tournament, I mean, everyone has a bit of an aura about them. I, yeah. I think the greats do anyway. Jack Nicholas has an aura of greatness. Uh, Tiger has an aura of invincibility. I've always said Seve has a, a genius type aura and Greg Norman's always had that charisma aura. People mm. are just drawn to him like a magnet and it was on full display at live. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, he, when you look at his, what he's done just in Australian golf alone, let alone what he did around the world with the amount of PGA wins and obviously the two open championships, um, there's not enough room on the quite large <laughs> computer screen in front of me to go through all that in Australian golf alone. So he is an icon of Australian sport. Agree or disagree with what he's doing and who he's doing it for. And, and I certainly think that there were some things that he said that even my nan would have been disappointed about in the early days of live coming to into being, but we sort of can't deny that the man is an icon of Australian sport. And so when he brings a tournament to Australia, that's been starved of it. Should we have been surprised that people turned out in the manner that they did? No. Well, the, the, I don't, I want, want this to come across the right way. I think uh, it wouldn't have matter who brought the quality of players down. People would have shown up. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that as a, something, a slight no, no. against Greg, but We've just been starved for the best players. The only time we've had them down here is is the President's Cups, really. And then that was, what, a few years ago and then back in 2011 and whenever it was before that. So you've got to go back to the late 80s, 90s when Norman, Faldo, Langer, Woosnam, those types of players, the legends used to come down and play. It's been so long since we've seen that quality of golfer, really. So it was just great that he was also with them and dri the driving mm. force behind it. I agree with you. A lot of the things he said, uh, I don't agree with, you know, he, I steered his kid off every now and then as well on social media. I mean, that's for <laughs> people to have their opinion on it as yep. well. Uh, but, uh, we've all he, seen his one wood. If we, yes, that's true. Uh, <laughs> and, um, he, uh, as I said, he was just attracting people left, right and center. We were in the van doing the, 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 the radio. And when he was there, we had to actually get the people to move back because they, they just wanted to mm. be right next to Greg the whole time. It was, it was fascinating to watch. And, and he's, but he's, he stood fast, you know, from the get go with this live stuff, he hasn't backed down and he sort of kept uh, his stance on what it's all about. And he has mm. a, he has a direction and a path that he wants to go on and, uh, and he's taking it. It was interesting speaking to Paddy Welsh today and Paddy said, I looked at him and, and Paddy's known him as long as any, and they've got a great relationship. So much so that when Paddy retired from 40 years of doing uh, TV in, in Brisbane, Greg recorded a, a tribute to, to be played for him. And that's how much mm. Greg respects Paddy Welsh. Paddy said he does look tired. Yeah. It, it, he believes it's taking a toll. So he has been staunch in the face of it. But when you've got, 
the PGA, which, you know, he, he's one of its greats, and you've got the two of the greatest current day players calling for him to, well, we're not talking until he's gone kind of thing. Not being invited to the Masters where he's got a lot of, he, he says a lot of great memories, but obviously a lot of painful ones too. Um, how many times second there? Um, not invited to the dinner at the Open that he won twice. Nobody is immune to the effect that that would have when the golfing world is is shunning you for what you're doing, um, and maybe because of who you're doing it for, and maybe just because or it's the way you're doing it, or maybe they just didn't want, you know, what they had challenged in any way. But for whatever yeah. the reason, he he has been made a pariah in certain parts of the golfing world. And Pat said, and but that but he has put his hand up to do that. And he has done it. So this is not a, a, a play the violin, but Pat did say it, he looks tired. Yeah. Uh, I also heard, uh, well, again, I'm not sure if it's true, but he, he might've been sick at the start of the week, might have a bit of a flu or a cold okay. or something. So that might've worn him down a bit, but you are right. I mean, from a physical standpoint, he, he's still fit as a fiddle. <laughs> I mean, he is a strong human being. However, yeah. uh, you can sort of see that wear and tear on his face and you, you're just not human if those things don't affect you mm. in some way. He says it doesn't you know he has that resolve and that he's getting bombarded left right and center with a lot of critics obviously but you know it's got to take its toll from a, a mental and emotional standpoint and uh he, yeah he, he did look a bit weary but i figured that's just because he's just on call 24 7 basically while he was down here in australia so the future and and yeah. how quickly there was there was a lot of talk about how quickly is jay monaghan going to pick up the phone to an australian venue or state and say hey we're we're going to come out. Mm. Well, who's the head of the PGA, by the way? If you if you want to, who, who the yeah. hell's Jay Monaghan? So, so next year the PGA Tour have what's called an international series of events after the FedEx Cup finishes in the twenty twenty four schedule. They're going to have a series of events for the top seventy players that will be a global sort of uh, run series. Mm. Uh, Mark Allen, who's a friend of mine, he says basically, you know, he feels that one of those is going to be coming down here to Australia for sure. And and I see that as a real possibility. That would be fantastic if yep. that happened. Uh, imagine the crowds and everything that will will get to those events and and wherever they take it. Hopefully, it's here in Melbourne if that does happen. But uh, I think the PGA Tour are definitely taking notice as to what just happened last week for sure. And hopefully we also get the LPGA down here a bit more often 100%. and things like that. And keep more of these DP World Tour uh, events coming down here. So the more players, the more really quality golfers we get down here, the better for Australian golf. And the one thing I saw last week was so many youngsters out there. It was brilliant. Yeah. And now so, whether they yeah, play so the golf. the party is one thing, but you're, the, the kids is, yeah. is, is what it is crucial. And you saw... Yeah, I mean, so many, you know, families with their kids coming down. Now, whether they play golf or not, I don't know. But you never know what they're going to do is they're going to go home and think, you know what, I might try play golf. I'm, yep. I've never, I've heard about it. We had a great time. It was a party and everything. But now might be time to pick up a club, and that's all for the good of the game. Absolutely. Uh, you're listening to, you're listening to Off the Tee. Where did that one come from? Uh, you're listening to Off the Tee on SEN. Sam Hargraves and Nick Ahern with you for Pure Form Golf. Improve your game with custom fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. On the other side of the break, we're going to turn our attention to what the other Aussies are doing uh, in, well, in leagues, in tournaments, in tours, uh, all around the world. There's been some great results over the week, and we'll go through them next on Off The Tee. You can get involved, one 736 736 or off the 40 Winks temper text. 
I was there. It was incredible. First ever golf tournament. Amazing vibe at the party hole, but plenty more chilled out holes as well. They've recruited the right mix of characters and you can't help but get around the teams. Go range goats. And, and I'm just reading this. <laughs> That's from Sam who's come through off the text. Keep those coming. This is off the tee. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pureform Golf. This is Off The Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nico Hearn. Further right than the last time, that's for sure. And oh, it hit somebody. That was a big break. It was going way in there. Now it's on the cart path. He might have a play. Huge break. Well, he may have arrived late this week, but he has made up for the lost time, and it is a victory for Australia's Lucas Herbert. Well, what a win it was, and what a shot that was. Nick Ahern, uh, welcome back to Off the Tee, our news update for Pingolf. Use Pingolf equipment so you can play your best. We often talk about that every great win has a great moment, and that was Lucas Herbert's on the second hole of the playoff at the championship in Japan. Well, you heard it there. I think he hit someone, found the golf cart, and he was to the left of the tree, barely a look through and, 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 and hitting out of the scrub, and... Yeah, he no. got a he got a great break. Basically, the uh, the tee shot was going well, right, heavily into the trees, and he kind of knew it was going to be almost pitch out material. But it, there was a golf cart there, which I think it got trapped underneath, and that was sitting on a cart path. And then he got a little drop to the side, dropped it on a uh, a fairly hard pan type surface, but then hit an amazing wedge shot to about twelve feet and rolled the putt in. And and they're the moments that you really have to just take advantage of when 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 your opportunity arises. You have to take it. And Lucas just has that knack, that ability to uh, close out tournaments and come up in the clutch when you certainly need to do it the most. Very impressive performance. Describe that up and down on the second playoff hole to win. Yeah, pretty special. I mean, I got pretty lucky over there on the right to get a good lie after we dropped it. And, um, you know, Nick gave me the number and it was basically perfect. It was exactly what you'd want um, off that lie. So, yeah, it was good to hit a good shot in there. And then, um, you know, Hands shaking all over the place just to get the putt start online and, and have it fall in was uh, was pretty cool. So Bendy goes on. Lucas Herbert, uh, always wrapped to see uh, him or whether it be Andy Martin, who's now on the DP World Tour. But for Lucas, that's his third DP World Tour win. He won in Bermuda on the PGA last year. In an article I was reading today, gutted to have missed the Masters. He was just outside that world top 50. He was 59. I know a couple of boys that he's mates with in Bendigo who uh, were going to go <laughs> with him. <laughs> And there, I think, just as shattered as he was. Yeah, um, but now that puts him to number 42 in the official world golf rankings. Has him inside the top 50 if he maintains that. Obviously, a start in the open looms. And he's now talking of wanting to to, to not have to beg for a captain's pick to uh, the President's Cup in 2024 in Montreal. Um, he wants to start having conversations with Mike Weir now and be right in contention to make that team better. He's got... Lofty goals. Um, he's a confidence player. You've played with him. Um, mm. That was a really, really good win. Um, and you just feel like in his mid-20s that he's just starting to scratch the surface. Yeah, he's got so much potential, that's for sure. It's a very unusual action. There's a lot of moving yeah. parts to it. So his timing has to be spot on. And he's, he's one of these players that 
when he's hot, he's just sizzling. And when he's off, well, it can be pretty, pretty, uh, pretty ugly because I think at Sawgrass at the Players' Championship, he shot a couple of rounds in the 80s. And then the following week, he makes the quarterfinals of the World Match Play. So uh, you mentioned the Masters. I think he might have been even 51st or 52nd in the world. He might have missed by one or two spots, which is really tough yeah. going, obviously. And that President's Cup that you mentioned as well, he was very hard done by not to get a captain's pick, I thought, in this past one, because he's one of the best putters on tour. They went with Cam Davis, didn't they? Uh, they went with... Uh, a couple of the, no, one of the, no. one of them was Canadian, uh, Taylor Pendrith, I think. That's right. I'm that thinking was the of, one. yeah, no, I'm thinking of, uh, uh, yeah, never mind what yeah. I'm thinking of. All good. But, uh, what was, what was fascinating about his win was that he, due to, uh, flight cancellations and plane delays, he didn't play a practice round. Really? He went out sight unseen. Oh, his caddy had got way. there. His, his caddy, who you can't miss with that long beard, had got out there and had a look and relied on him all the way around. Wow. Well, I mean, usually when you go to a golf course you've never seen, you, and if it's like in such as this one in Japan, he probably would have only played one practice round. So after Thursday, he probably had a really good feel for it. And I've said this all along, professional golfers, what they're really good at is adapting very quickly, uh, quickly to the conditions that are in front of him. So after that first day, I'm sure he pretty much had a handle on the golf course because for everyone, it's probably their first time playing mm. there anyway. But sight unseen is still very impressive and to, to win. So sometimes it's better off not knowing where the trouble is. <laughs> well, he did brilliantly um, and we're wishing him all the best for the rest of his year uh, as well. Other Aussies who were um, were uh, competing at that uh, ISPS Honda Championship, uh, Omitama in Japan at PGM Ishioka Golf Club. Daniel Hillier was tied for 23rd and Brad Kennedy was tied for 70th. Um, let's get to Mark Hensby, though. Mm, what a win. A second, a third, and now a win for Mark Hensby. And his 15th start on the PGA Tour Champions makes par on the fourth playoff hole. And Mark Hensby has won the invited Celebrity Classic. Just perspective a little bit for us, if you would, what this victory means to you. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, after last year, almost not playing anymore and then, you know, coming out and having a good start this year, um, you know, it's, it's nice to obviously win on this tour. Um, I think when you win anywhere these days, it's 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 a, an accomplishment. So, yeah, I'm happy. I'm, I mean, I'm tired today, but happy. I didn't have my best today, but um, overall, yeah, obviously excited. So Mark Hensby, um, who won on the PGA Tour in 2004, won the John Deere. He was tied for third at the US Open in 05 and tied for fifth in the Masters in that same year. Um, you wanted to talk about his win on the, the Champions Tour, Nick. Yeah, it was uh, an impressive performance. He was actually in my President's Cup team in 2005. Yeah. He, he was one of the characters of the of the team all week. Uh, a very, very funny fellow and uh and really lifted the spirits of uh, of all the guys that were there. Very dry sense of humour. He's from Tamworth and and had a nice, a very solid career uh, playing wise. But I guess the last, what is he, fifty one now? Probably the last mm. ten years or so hasn't been uh, great golfing wise for him. I think last year he played on a conditional status on the Champions Tour and was really looking, to actually probably give up golf after last year. And then all of a sudden he comes out now. I think he has a runner up in Morocco and then now wins this tournament. So just a fantastic effort for him. But also. Someone else who finished high up on the on the list was Richard Green, tied Again? for fourth. Well, <laughs> look out for him. He's going to win one this yeah. year for sure. He's just uh, he's on a tear on the, since he's turned fifty. Hey, we don't have a heap of time left because we've got to come back with your tip. But um, LPGA Tour, the Chevron Championship, the first of the majors uh, this season, and uh, Lilia Vu 
um, ended up taking out the 765,000 uh, winner's check um, on the first or second hole of the playoff. Uh, first hole, the of the first playoff, hole of the playoff, yeah. Yep. Angel Yin uh, dunked one in the water, unfortunately, yeah. and, and Lilia Vu uh, made birdie. But she's uh, she, they've had big, big raps on this girl. She's a very, very mm. impressive player. The Aussies, unfortunately, it wasn't a great week. We had three girls no, make, make the cut. Uh, Minji Lee tied 41st. Steph, Steph Kiriaku tied 49th. And Karis Davidson tied 56th. So uh, not the best effort from the Aussies, unfortunately. No, and Lydia Coe missed the cut. Uh, yeah, that was unusual. Stunned by mm. that. Um, that is our news update for all things golf for Ping Golf. Ping Golf equipment is custom engineered, custom fit and custom built for you to play your best. On the other side of the break, we will get Nick's tip of the week. And I'm going to give you the email address that you can email in if you've got a question you want to ask the former world number 16, the only man to beat Tiger uh, twice in match play golf, you can do so. I'll give you the email on the other side of this. If you've got a question for Nick, we can get to quickly on the other side of the break. You can text in 0433981116 like Gary has. Sam, another great show. The Herald Sun hardly mentioned her, but we're more than happy to. On Off the Tee for Pure Form Golf on SEN. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pureform Golf. This is Off The Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nick O'Hearn. Uh, just before we get uh, to your tip of the week, Nick O'Hearn, and we do all that for Mizuno Golf, hashtag nothing feels like a Mizuno, probably should have mentioned too that the other big tournament was happening was the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, which um, uh, Cam Smith and Mark Leishman actually won a couple of years ago. Nick Hardy and Davis Riley uh, won that uh, there were some really good teams in contention as well, uh, including uh, one of P- Patrick Cantlay, which mm. if you haven't been watching the memes coming around about Patrick <laughs> Cantlay, there's one that shows Winks winning over 1,100 metres quicker than he takes a putt. The old doctor from Caddyshack, they put him and Cantlay side by side to take their drives. Remember that scene in Caddyshack yeah, yeah. where the, the old guy hits it quicker? Uh, <laughs> all these different things that they're saying, this happens quicker than a Patrick Cantlay shot. It is trending. Yep. Uh, on social media right now, it's quite humorous. Um, Greg Chalmers, Cameron Percy missed the cut. So too did Jeff Ogilvy and Kevin Stadler and Aaron Baddeley and Harrison Endicott both missed the cut uh, as well. Your tip of the week, please. And I thought we might tie it into live. We noticed that the Greens, un-Australian-like almost. And I mean that not in a negative. Yep. They were really soft. And we know Australian Greens are really hard. American players often have trouble because they aim for pin. And in Australia, especially on the sand belts, you, that's just not what you do. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about the difference between playing soft greens and playing hard greens, and you've got about a minute and a half. <laughs> okay. Well, I think this is to do with you, you know, playing Sandy Links the other day and oh, landing man. on the green and going over, but that's yeah, okay. It's like so, an ice rink. Okay. Here's the first tip, uh, and and I'm not sure if you do this or not, uh, Sam. Clean your grooves in your in your yes. in your irons, okay? Yes. Because you want more spin on the ball if possible, because. Obviously, uh, you want to create as much spin as you can landing onto a firmer green. Soft greens, as we saw at Live, it doesn't matter so much. Uh, the other thing with the firmer greens is you, a lot of the times, you like a lot of people, you know, they, they zap the, la- the laser at the flag and they get, say, 150 metres. Well, on firmer greens, guess what? You need to land at about 130 or 135 metres. So you're not actually playing with the normal yardage. You're almost taking a club less, which is very unusual because a lot of the times people don't take enough club. However, when you're playing on a golf course which is firm and fast, my number one tip is to take less club and almost run the ball up. So you've got to allow 5, 10, 15 metres of bounce and roll in that regard. So the other thing is higher ball flight works well as well to try and stop the ball as as, uh, possible. We can talk about how to hit it higher in another tip of the week. 
We certainly will. So each and every week now, we want to hear from you. Uh, Nick Ahern's book, How to Play Your Best Golf, is available. Please give it a read. Uh, it's got some incredible stuff in there and such valuable stuff. Not about how to play. It's, how to, it's, it's actually how to play, how to score. Not so much about your swing uh, and, and how to play your shot. Off the T, O double F T H E T double E at SEN.com.au. Off the T at SEN.com.au. You can email us, and each week we will try to pick out one or two emails for Nick to be able to answer your questions. So you're essentially getting free golf coaching on Off the T. And off, this bloke normally charges like a wounded bull, I'm telling you. So uh, off the tee at sen.com.au and Nick Ahern will answer all your questions for Mizuno Golf on the nearest stockist or fitter at mizunogolf.com slash au. We've got to get out of here. We'll see you all next week.